Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. I'm Paul Verhoeven, and this week's something pretty special. Dad and I were actually in Brisbane for an Acast podcasting event, and we had a really great time, and... We were scootering around Brisbane and we stopped off in the Botanical Gardens to actually do a special bonus Loose Ends episode for you. So we're going to have a listen to that right now. I really hope you enjoy it. Thanks for that intro, Paul. Well, Dad and I have just finished a scooter ride around Brisbane. And Dad, do you find the scooters as terrifying as I do? Uh, No, because I'm a thrill seeker, as you know. Um, But look, can I paint a picture for the listeners? Yes, please. Okay, so we're standing in what I can only describe as an idyllic, magnificent... Rainforest. Rainforest in Brisbane, Mm. because we flew up yesterday to be part of a very big event last night, Mm. which ACAST put on, which we'll talk about shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I would also like to take a photograph after this of you, and maybe me too, with the bikes, Mm. uh, in this extraordinary setting, and behind us is a tree... That is fucking old. Yeah, Queensland's got this kind of prehistoric flavour which we really enjoy. But yeah, last night we got flown across to Brisbane to do an event for ACAST. And ACAST are the wonderful people who basically make the podcast, you know, happen. And they are running things behind the scenes. And it was a really lovely gig. And it was, it was our first time back on stage since lockdown. And I think our last live gig was in Brisbane. It's very obvious when you're in Brisbane? Brisbane audiences are... How would you describe Brisbane audiences? It's a very good question, Paul. Um, I mean, do you think that differentiating between cities and towns and then countries is a little bit like when people say... And Christine's a classic. She says, oh, doesn't that uh, owner look like the dog? And I think, maybe not. What are you, what are you talking about? No, but I'm just saying that... You know, do you think it's there's a bit of auto-suggestion involved? Like someone says, oh, yes, they're very different in such and such a town, but are they really? No, I think what they wanted to feel, they want to feel special. So what we're trying to say is that Brisbane audiences are great, is oh, what we're trying to say. wonderful, yeah. Yes, they don't look like they're dogs, which is... <laughs> no, well, those, I mean, they might have cats. Sure, they're very much cat people up in Brisbane. But isn't it funny how people never say, oh, they look like they're cat? Yeah, I think people's bonds with their cats are very different, you know. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're dog people in the Verhoeven household. Uh, we've just finished this bizarre scooter ride and we were put up at this lovely hotel thanks to Acast and Dad's room was overlooking a kind of... Uh, just, just a bunch of houses. But there were some trees that indicated we possibly were 
in Queensland. It was very, it looked very Queensland. But the point is that I slept okay. And then dad woke up and said, basically, he had a terrible night's sleep. Can you please fill the listeners in as to why? Well, first I'd like to say, and this is really funny, <laughs> in that uh, Acast, um, they had about 12, I think they had 12 rooms. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a bit of a lottery. Paul and I were at the very end of the corridor, which I love. This hotel was unusual in that it had massive, and I'm talking really large, highly illuminated room numbers, mm. which was, they were almost blinding. They almost should have given you sunglasses at the desk to make your way to your room, because it was like the sun. Stab- anyway, yeah. so Paul, Paul, very sweet Paul, um, he, I could see the look on his face, because I, after, as Paul, we discussed yesterday, as Paul lamented, his age and wanted to know what I was doing when I was his age, which I thought was rather sweet. Um, but I sensed Paul was a little bit jealous of my room because I had a view. Uh, Paul's room was a little bit like, imagine the Bat Cave, but not as without all the fancy gadgets. Yeah, so just a room in the dark. I mean, there was one small window up in the corner and it was, it was a little demoralizing, but that's fine. I was just sleeping there. Dad's, however, directly across the hall had, I mean, one entire wall was just windows looking out on trees and a beautiful view of the city. Mm. And that was great. And we were both kind of making jokes about how Dad sort of got the long straw there. Like, Dad's room was objectively nicer. Mm. But I did offer to swap. You did offer to swap, and that was very sweet of you. But the point was, Dad woke up looking somewhat less than satisfied. Now, we we are not dumping on the free hotel room. That's very important not to stress because there's no way they could have known that directly across from Dad's room was a house throwing a party, mm. right? And it was really loud mm. and I tried to ignore, but I have a bit of a problem with parties. Right. It's, you know how we all have our little things that if, if you hear a certain noise or you smell something or you see a particular image, it... it definitely triggers things Mm. that you basically have no control over. I hate noisy parties because I lived on Sydney's northern beaches next to not one family of complete... I I, I just... I have no words to describe the selfishness. But no, no, next to them was an even worse family. And that family who were on the corner, the... They had parties. It was so stressful. You'd come home and some of the parties went for... They'd start on a Friday and finish on a Monday. The police, either A, didn't give a rat's ass, or, you know, you'd call the police and sometimes the police would rock up and you'd see the police actually socialising with the degenerate scum. Like, it was so bad. And, you know, then last night I'm sort of lying there, really tired. Paul and I had just done five hours at a live venue and it was it was basically being wired up 100% mm. there was no I only went to the toilet once Paul can you believe it? In showbiz terms it's what's being called like we were on for five hours basically yeah. we were, you know it was, a, it was a work thing so we got back to the hotel and were exhausted and from my side of the hotel uh, which was I think in a subterranean lair of some sort I didn't hear anything but this building was pretty far away and those windows looked pretty thick. Did you see the party or just hear it? It was directly beneath me in a, in a, in a private backyard mm. and it just went on and on and on and I was lying there sort of rationalising, turning, tossing, thinking about ways of, you know, sort of retribution. Here's a question. As an ex-cop, have you ever gone across to the noisy party? Because I feel like we've now strayed into a bit of a 
subject, which is neighbours from hell and how, you, you know, as an ex-cop, you must be tempted to walk next door and go, I was a fucking cop, turn the noise down or I'll call my mates or just some sort of like, you must have wanted to throw your weight around a little bit um, just to kind of get these people to shut up. Have you ever kind of crossed that line before? When Christine and I were living in the infamous old Darlinghurst police station where Roger Rogerson and the like actually worked out of, they turned that into a residential block. Remember that? I didn't know that it used to be a police station. Yeah. That's where we lived, you, you, you and Tegan. Wait, so I've technically slept... I spent the night in a police station? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Uh, and a very, very infamous one at that. But there was this party one night above us, and it sounded as though they were warming up jackhammers on the concrete floor, and I completely had... Like, there are ways of dealing with these things, if it's possible. And in fairness to the party above, I, I say that... I could have chosen to have gone out with Christine for some hours, mm. but we were settled in for the evening and it was around about 5 p.m. and everyone's thinking, well, shit, that's really, really early. So, but it sounded as though they were literally smashing things on the concrete floor. Now, I knew that it was tenanted by the son of a fairly wealthy guy. I don't know whether that's relevant but as the story unfolds so I had a complete brain snap and poor Christine thought oh shit I stormed out of our apartment went along the corridor up the lift and as I'm walking towards the apartment that was directly above our apartment Mm. next door to that apartment was a guy that made Arnold Schwarzenegger look anorexic he was built like a brick shit house. He was a monster man, but quite gentle. <laughs> yeah. And he had a, a dainty uh, sort of sweet partner. Yeah. And this muscle man, he was sort of leaning out rather sheepishly. Mm. And he was obviously really, really upset about this party. Well, the thing is, it's kind of like a... It puts the onus on people to venture out and do something extremely socially awkward, which is it's, the onus is on the person being inconvenienced to wander up and go hi sorry can you turn and that's difficult because again people don't like public speaking people get shy even big people right so but not you You, well you never really know what lurks behind the door so you could knock on a door ask a reasonable question and be confronted with and just told to fuck off yeah okay Uh, however this is what happened and I think it's the only time I've ever done this and in hindsight it was really silly but it worked a treat as I'm walking past the the man mountain he he looked at me and he kind of gave me a bit of a like a nod and a smile as though he knew that you were going to take a bullet for him i was going to do something and uh and i'm not proud of what i did listeners but i didn't even knock on the door and the door was unlocked and i just opened the door and walked in to this party there were maybe 15 to 20 uh, males ranging in age from, say, 18 to 30. And I'm actually watching this guy breaking bags of ice on the floor, getting ready for this monster party. Mm. And I just completely lost it. And I just started screaming and shouting like a man possessed. They were so terrified (laughs) at seeing a complete stranger just appear in this party that it was kind of in the very very early stages but you could sense that it was going to be a fucking nightmare mm. <clears throat> and I completely lost it and I snapped and I basically uttered 
lots of words, um, you know, F words and C words and, well, all the words that I could muster. And they clearly sensed that I'd completely unraveled and I was potentially capable of doing terrible things, like maybe smashing the ice over their heads. And then I just turned around and walked out. The party ceased. (laughs) And then the muscle man next door who was kind of almost on tippy toes. He would have heard it, right? No, he heard everything because the door was open. Yeah. And he heard me ranting and then he gave me the thumbs up (laughs) as I walked past. The next incident Mm. that occurred in that particular apartment, Mm. and I think it was almost a prophecy of what psychopaths these people were, is that one night Christine and I were in bed and we were woken up. Our entire room, it was like being inside a fire engine. We looked out our window. I could see the ladders that I used to operate going past our window. I've not heard this before. Going past our window, and it was a full-blown emergency where the fireys had to get the appliances, the ladder appliances, to get access to the apartment above us that was on fire. And we had water coming down through our apartment. Holy shit. It was a shit storm. And then, oh yeah, and then on the same floor, a few months later... There was, we, Christine and I heard this terrible, terrible domestic at the, end of, at the other end of the hallway. Right. And there was a woman being attacked with a man with a knife. Jesus And God. it was so fucking heavy. And I, it was really terrible. And I realised, and we could hear furniture smashing. And I guess, you know, in a sad way, I, I wasn't so silly and so ballsy as to have gone in. And I didn't, but I did call the police and then we met the police outside and it was fairly convoluted and complicated to get into the building and then to get to this particular apartment. So I ran out and met all the police, or maybe eight, maybe ten police, Mm. and it was a full-on production and that guy was taken away. So, and this was a seemingly, you know, quite beautiful and salubrious and sort of established, sort of not cheap building. So they'd taken a, a beautiful old police station and then because it wasn't being used anymore they basically refurbished it as a super bougie building and then ironically it was full of crimes. Well and, and, and then when Christine and I were leaving, um, moving on in our lives, I had a very very valuable painting mm. by a famous Australian artist mm. and you know those situations when you load up the lift and you get it down to the bottom and you then and then you run back up and you everything's and someone stole this incredible painting from inside the building. Some low-life scumbag has got this quite valuable and famous Australian painting hanging no doubt on one of the walls in the building we used to live in but how on earth do you I mean, it just vanished. You could go from door to door. You could. Imagine if you were selling doors door to door. Well, no, you'd you'd knock on the door they already had. Oh, yeah, true. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Paul, when Christine and I used to visit you, well, we still do, but when we occasionally stayed with you and Tegan in in Turak, which is supposedly, you know, the the bee's knees of... Mm. Assuming bees have knees, which I I don't think they do. But... um, I remember occasionally we would hear these weird thumping sounds and it used to drive us all crazy. Did you ever sort of lose the plot? Uh, Yeah, so we had a neighbour above us who was a bit of a bird fetishist. He had this theory that he could keep the rent low if he basically attracted rats and birds into the apartment. So he would basically feed birds and let pigeons into the apartment. And he would also build large wooden structures above us at weird hours. He had kind of odd... I think he'd had some sort of episode or something and then he would come down onto our balcony during there was a beautiful beautiful tree that kind of went up the three stories of the building and covered the whole building in beautiful leaves and he came when we Tegan and I were on holiday waited till we were in Paris getting married you were on this trip and he came down to our balcony and then sawed off all the branches and then when we confronted him about it he said yeah it's because possums were crawling up the branches onto my balcony he was just this pathological liar absolute psycho and one afternoon I'd had enough and I basically went up to the um I went up to their back door, knocked on the back door, started talking, and then Tegan was with me, and something in my brain snapped, and I basically started screaming. I was screaming, and I, I think I said something like, if you come into my balcony again, I'll call the fucking cops, and I'll make sure you get fucking evicted. I went feral, and Tegan was like, whoa, where is this coming from? What actually happened was, a very reasonable person, me, had spent probably about two years being just chipped away at, and I think that's what's weird about the bad neighbor thing is, it's erosion. You know, it's emotional erosion. It's hard to point to one specific event. But after years of sort of microaggressions and just ambient abuse, you kind of... It's like road rage, right? I mean, you going upstairs and yelling at those guys with the ice was, I hope, kind of the culmination of various things, right? Now, where you guys live right now, we won't say where you live, but um, do you deal with anything similar there? And Oh, and do you have any recommendations for people as an ex-cop (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to ask the man who just admitted he screamed at people. Do you have any kind of methods for defusing bad neighbour situations? <clears throat> Not really. <clears throat> <laughs> Maybe, uh, I mean, Christian and I once 
Okay, this is going to sound very extreme, and I know that I do tend to deal in extremes to my, to my lovely, beloved, you know, listeners and, and friends out there, but um, I'm very, very honest, and I'm, I'm pretty to the point, um, and Christine and I had a house uh, in, on the northern beaches of Sydney, mm. and as God is my witness, listeners, we had one of the most terrible neighbours on earth, and I'll tell you what we did. You ready for this? We sold our house. We left. And then after we did that, the wife came over to me because we came home when we were just about ready to leave. Yeah. And we saw this asshole being taken away in an ambulance. The wife came over to our house and blamed me for the husband's heart attack. Oh, yeah. This is a guy that made us demolish a wall after we'd sold the place. And look, it, it's such a, a fucked up story. What, what house was this? The one in um, the one you you really liked, Madison Way, the big house with four hundred bloody had a, had a turret and oh right, remember that place? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. we didn't even know we we didn't even know you kids were actually in the same house. It was so big. Yep, it was insane. But it had no soul. And this neighbour next door, he was just so demonic, and and he he broke me. But Paul, and and I don't know whether I've ever told you and the listeners this story. And some of the listeners are going to cringe. And and my mother, bless her soul, she more than likely does not know this story mm. but when we were living in a sort of a granny flat in between houses um, in Beacon Hill mm. the neighbours on the corner that were basically you know I just I, even talking about it now mm. is very distressing uh, and I'm so pleased that we don't live there anymore Yeah. but I came up with the most because when you're lying in bed suffering from madness, madness and sleep deprivation, mm. and there's and your whole house is vibrating and the bass notes are going through and actually rattling your your lungs and heart, mm. and you are becoming like a crazy person because sleep deprivation is a form of torture. It is used and has been used mm. by by international organisations to really just completely destroy you. But by that rationale, should it not be taken more seriously by the police? It should be, but that's a priority thing. I mean, when I was in the police force in the 1980s, we used to get, uh, on a Friday, Saturday night, each car would get between 10 and 20 noise complaints. Mm. And by the time you eventually got to the noise complaint, three hours later... It was done. It was gone. And, and you know, you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, well, I'll... And most neighbours are pretty decent. Yeah. Um... But these were pathological scumbags, and but the father was complicit, and I, I I don't know whether I even to this day, I don't know whether I actually can almost forgive, which just sounds so, because you need to forgive to move on. So what I did, I came up with the most diabolical plan, and I don't know whether I've told you this. And did, I'm, did, did you enact this plan? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! No, it, it's well, we had this. Um, I, I, I've got a friend of mine, he's kind of, he's sort of a, a doomsday prepper, but he's really smart. And you may or may not edit this out, Paul, but I think it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, okay. he had a neighbour that was so terrible, and there are degrees of being terrible, but when a neighbour drives you to borderline insanity, yeah. so what my friend did, he knew that this guy had an incredibly beautiful manicured lawn that you couldn't get to, so, and this is uh, this dear friend of ours... I'll tell you off, off mic, but the loveliest, sweetest guy. If it is who I think it is, you would not suspect them of Never. any... Yeah, no, okay. no, he's... But I wouldn't melt in his mouth. Yeah. But he came up with the most incredible idea. Yeah. 
he got Roundup, which is an insecticide. He then froze the Roundup and then he put gloves on and then he threw the Roundup cubes over this high fence and they landed on the guy's beautiful lawn and as the sun came up, the Roundup melted and created these perfect circles as though a UFO had landed. Mm. And of course, that kind of, that was his way of revenge. But I was going to tell you a story, Paul, because we were having breakfast a few hours ago about a friend of mine. Now, this friend was in special services mm. in Vietnam. He, he worked behind up in North Vietnam and he, his stories are legend, but he, he's shared a few of them with me. Mm. And he lived in a very beautiful suburb in Sydney called Mossman and he has a wife and three daughters mm -hmm. and he did a lot of international travel and he was coming back from an overseas trip to from Thailand mm. where he operated one of the world's biggest duck farms okay so he comes back and he's he he used to sort of fly first class and he was he was working in that environment mm. but his wife was particularly ill and they had a neighbor from hell and the neighbor had the most insane party now this is a revenge story so my 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 good friend mm. He went and spoke very, very eloquently to the neighbour and literally begged him, could he please, please turn the music down because his wife's, the wife was very ill and he had little, all his uh, girls were, were babies and it was mm. just a shitstorm and the guy basically said, go and fuck yourself. So, my good friend, he goes home and I'm now going to jump forward 20 years, this is the most, it's the most amazing story. My good friend, many, many, many years later, bumped into this guy and the guy hardly even recognised him. And my friend said to him and sort of went through the preamble of that story mm. and refreshed his memory and the guy was still a little bit vague and then my friend said to him, do you recall for 20 years every single time you went on holidays and came back all your food was ruined because every single year every holiday you ever went on mm. I went and turned your power off classic and the guy he just would have had that realization of holy fuck it was you you bastard and I'm so sorry in my brain yeah. that we could have avoided all this by coming to some considerable and considerate compromise. I don't understand what it is in some people's brains that makes them think, I'm going to play music as loud as possible and be as awful as possible. I, I just don't, they don't care. But, but back to my little story, yeah. which I'm not, I'm, I don't know how people are going to react to this story. Mm. Um, but I, I came up with an idea. We had this shed out the back of the property mm. and I had a large 20 litre white container. Now this is going to sound hideous and gross, but my brain was so discombobulated and I was so upset. Christine used to literally break down and cry. She was so upset mm. because we'd call police, we'd, we tried reasoning. Christine once went up there and actually spoke to the father and he basically just said, basically fuck off. Christine, and that really gave me the shit. So I thought to myself, the time has come to kind of take the law into my own hands. So I'm not proud of what I did, Paul, 
you've got this. I, no, I'm, the thing is, I might be proud of it. So well, please. It's so it's kind of gross, but it, sh- it might show a side of my brain that perhaps I don't really necessarily want to show. But what I did every single time for about a month that I needed to go and do a wee, I went out the back and I peed in this massive white can, like a 20 litre drum, and it had a handle, metal handle, and it became so toxic with ammonia that you could literally, I almost needed breathing apparatus to go into this tiny room to pee. And it was, it was getting mouldy. It was rancid. It was, it was very, very toxic. It was probably deadly. And then on the night of the, they had this huge party and I decided that tonight was the night that I was going to, under the cover of darkness, it involved going out to the front of my parents' house, walking up the road past one lot of shit neighbours to the to the neighbours on the corner. They had this this they had this music that was it could be heard in adjoining suburbs. And the thing is that all the neighbours knew about it. Mm. Everyone hated them, but no one ever it just they, they kind of just accepted it. Mm. And my father, who was going deaf, he just said, Well what's the problem? And I said, Dad, your your house is vibrating, can't you? Are you not aware of this this madness? Now the night of the crime what I did, and this is kind of adding a sort of a bizarre yet kind of really weird note to the whole story, I went into our freezer and I had we had some beautiful and expensive smoked salmon and I thought that was like the icing on the cake and I put the smoked salmon into the urine and I stirred it around and created this beyond hideous, terrible potion and then I, I in my underpants about 11 o'clock, I sneaked out up the road and in, and I kind of got into a rocking motion standing right. near their letterbox right. and I just threw it and it just cascaded onto the path and lawn and I just felt this incredible sense of calm. I was oblivious to the noise now. I didn't care anymore. I had my revenge and then something so bizarre happened that it was almost a sign from God. It started raining and it pissed down. <laughs> washed away and washed away all <laughs> the months of effort and I and I and I drew some some solace and perhaps a tiny bit of wisdom from that story and that I think it was someone or something saying to me John you're wasting your time revenge is not a good thing no, here's it's not proof cool. and, and it eats away it you know stress mm. it, it, it affects you and if I was hooked up to a monitor in this magnificent peaceful beautiful environment up here <clears> on the river in Brisbane Paul on a Friday morning. Mm. It's so beautiful here. Is on Thursday morning. Thursday sorry. morning, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was wisdom upon whiz. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, great. Well, well that's all the time we have uh, for this wonderful bonus episode of Loose Units because Dad and I, what you were going to say something. I just wanted to, um, from my the bottom of my heart, uh, thank Tegan for all her incredible work she's done. She should have been up here. And um, there was a lot of love in the room last night with Acast. We got to meet a lot of the crew and... I'm incredibly honoured and excited to have been invited. They invited you and me, Paul, as loose units mm. to present to probably well it was it was oversubscribed. There were it was a full house mm. and they actually had to knock people back and these were the heads of all the big advertising companies up here and it was such a 
an, an exciting and memorable event and, and I'm just I'm grateful and now we know that we're, we're ready to go for more live shows we're going to start talking about new venues and uh, upcoming gigs but yeah I'd like to second that sentiment dad um, we really want to thank Tegan because Tegan is the producer of the show she makes it happen she runs this thing behind the scenes and yeah she should have been here but she's very busy with other stuff so uh, dad and I are going to hop back on these scooters which have a bit of charge left and just sort of hoon around a bit if you end up seeing us on this trip or rather past tense if you ended up if you saw us on the day uh we hope you said hi and if you didn't what's wrong with you anyway thank you so much for listening to this episode of loose units loose ends and we will see you next week for more loose units bye cheerio planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.